When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's just imagine that Steve Armitage is hosting the broadcast tonight. How would that go, Mike? Oh, thanks, Mark. It's going to be a great series as the Calgary Flames, a fabulous city, up against Edmonton. Edmonton, germs, disease, sweatpants with good shoes. Don't, don't bring the hate on Rod. This is all on this end, folks. Be mad at this guy. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of the RP Show. Yeah, it's a great day. Uh, Good to be seen. Good to be anywhere in this perilous trade. Game day in South Florida. The Panthers home to the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. As I bring in Darren Moose DuPont, if we have a fault, and we have a few, we are somewhat of a family of squirrels, Moose. I'm going to try to keep it all together here, somewhat on point in Hour 2, but... It's an exciting time in the world of sports with the breaking news. The CFL strike is over. They're ready to play. Training camps opening. Stanley Cup playoffs. WHL playoffs. Centennial Cup opening today. The NBA playoffs are going. Some people actually care about that. Ah, it's, uh, it's a good time. What do you say? It's, it's great times. Literally the best time of the year. I, you know, I've been watching this and Lanny got the PGA championship on over my shoulder. Life is pretty good. But did uh, did Mike Richards? Did he say sweatpants with good shoes? Describe. I was thinking about that. I was <laughs> sweatpants, good shoes. That was his Steve Armitage impression. <laughs> and don't mind me. I'm going to the big board and looking up what's happening in the PGA Championship. Rory McIlroy has the lead five under. Uh, Burmester three under. Zalatoris three under. But Rory McIlroy has a two-stroke lead here. Uh, on day one, he's through 13. Tiger, well, well, back as I look at this. So, yeah, we are all over the place. But I was thinking about, you know, the junior hockey look. You know, and why I said that we're squirrels. There's a lot of people down here in Florida want our take on game two tonight, Lightning Panthers, and we'll get to it. But, you know, 17 years in the Western Hockey League for me, sweatpants, good shoes. We did it all the time. You know, or jeans, white leather loafers, white shoes. We used to do it all the time. Where was it that I was wearing a leather Pats jacket and a track suit? The and track you laughed suit. at me. You, la- you laughed at me. And that was the junior hockey look. But it's just like, does it mean it was a good look? Does it mean it was a good one? That's the culture. The tracks, That's the culture. The tracksuits I get, you know, and then the dress shoes with the jeans. 
white belts, you know, that type of thing. But uh, anyways, just just funny. Well, it, life is about perspective, and it changes. And I'll never, ever, ever forget. As you know, uh, in the sweatpants capital, Regina, Saskatchewan, there's a hotel right plunked in the middle of the city, the Doubletree by Hilton. And it's the greatest coffee shop in the world. It's like a sports bar, but with coffee, right? Couches, big screen TVs, computer station. It's the greatest. Uh, so I used to go there, and you would come join me for quite uh, often. The Portland Winterhawks were in town. This was only a couple of years ago. And they're run by some NHLers now. Mike Johnson, the head coach. Daryl Hay, the assistant coach. So uh, I remember visiting with those guys, Hazer and uh, Mike. And their bus was pulled up right at the front doors. Right at the front. Nobody could get in or out around the Portland Winterhawks bus. And I thought, what a bunch of jack wagons that nobody can get around it. But when you're on that bus and you're on the team, and this isn't a Portland Winterhawk thing, it would be, <clears throat> we're the Regina Pats. We're going to park right in front of the damn hotel. And everybody else can wait because we're the Regina Pats. But when you're not on that team, you're like, what a bunch of jack wagons. Nobody can get in and out of the hotel. <laughs> the difference in perspective, right? Maybe it's age. Oh, I don't yeah. Know. You feel like you just own the town, everyone you roll into. Like you feel like you're the Rolling Stones rolling into Seattle and Saskatoon and Prince Albert. In retrospect, nobody cares. Don, our Navy friend, writing says track suits should never be worn outside of the place where you are getting sweaty. LOL. Respectfully disagree. We'll have to agree to disagree. I'm a big track suit fan. As a matter of fact, as we get ready to head up to Estevan for the Centennial Cup hosted by or presented by Tim Hortons, I'm starting to, <clears throat> where my bracelet says one day at a time, I, that doesn't work when you're trying to pack and think ahead. So I'm trying to think of what track suits am I taking and is my Pat's track suit appropriate? You know, um, <laughs> which golf shirt should I take? <laughs> Anyways, uh, back to the normal stuff here. Uh, the CFL strike is over. We discussed this last hour, but I can spend more time on it now if you wish. And I'm more than happy to do so. Rick Haglin writes in. He says, I grew up watching USA-born Saskatchewan Rough Riders drive by our school or coach high school basketball and see them in the credit union. Well, that's cool. Uh, so he's talking about the importance of American players in the Canadian Football League. And it is a watershed day. The CFL strike is over. I understand a lot of people want to talk about that. Although I'm excited about the Panthers and Lightning tonight game too, and I know they're hanging on our thoughts on that. But the biggest thing is CFL training camps will open today. The strike is over. The deal is soon to be ratified. But Monday's preseason game between the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and Winnipeg Blue Bombers has been pushed back. Originally scheduled for Monday, May 23rd, will now be played on May 31st. Uh, so there's that. And we can talk about this naturalized Canadian, but I'm just, having a, I'm just having a laugh about what's going on between Orders and Flames fans here. Mm -hmm. you know, Jeff, the Stamps fan, says uh, the, word, the question going around Calgary is can the Orders fans count to nine? Or the Orders themselves? Jennifer from the Four Seasons writes in and says, well, if it comes down to counting, the Flames can't count past one. Stanley Cups, that is. So you knew that there would be some hard feelings today after what happened yeah. last night. And, uh, yeah. 
And now, well, there is. Ryan, Ryan Cat on YouTube, I'm sorry. He wants to talk about the Leafs. I feel like just turning it over to the viewers, is, which is what we do. Taco time, viewer takeover. What do you want to talk about, Rod? I'm having an anxiety blackout. Calm me down, Darren. Where are we going from here? You, you take, know, you take like, the I, reins. We're all out of order well, here. I, I want to go back to the Flames and Oilers game because one of the biggest things that came out of that game, if you remember, was, um, and I can't remember what period where it was because so many goals happened so many different times during that game. But there was the, it's the penalty situation, and Matthew Kachuk's goal coming out of the penalty box. So they took three guys off. There was an original penalty to Shillington for Calgary. And then after the whistle happened, Kachuk and Evander Kane got into it, and they went off together. So all three guys went to the box. Now, what happened was when the first two-minute penalty ended, it was Kachuk who came onto the ice, not Shillington, and he ended up scoring. And people were upset that while Shillington's penalty was the first one to be called, he should have been out of the box first, not the coincidentals. And Oiler fans are up in arms. And there's been refs. Tim Peel's jumped into this. ESPN's uh, uh, official correspondents jumped into this, the ref, um, and, and clarified the rule that when they all go to the box at the same time, the captain of the team can choose which player comes out first. So it was completely legal for Kachuk to come out of the box. But Oilers fans think the rule is dumb. It, it should have been Shillington coming out of the box. Well, we really only care about this because there was a goal, right? And it really is a moot point. doesn't really matter. They all... All these penalties technically happened at the same time, but uh, that's been the one that I've noticed has been most under the skin of the Oilers fans this morning. Thank you, Darren, for bringing it all into focus. This is why we make a tremendous team, and it is the fastest-growing daytime sports talk show in Canada. So, this is it. I, I don't know. New York cat? I think, is it New York cat? You can't see it. You don't have your chat open. I can't. But he says, how about that 15-goal game last night? What a bunch of sieves. Which goalie looked the worst? Obviously, Mike Smith. I said yesterday that I was waiting for the real Mike Smith to show up, and uh, he, he showed up with bells on. The two goals scored in 25 seconds in the opening minute last night were the fastest two goals scored and NHL history, and uh, dovetailing off that, as we, I feel like we're all having coffee here just talking together. Wayne in Victoria, BC says, question of the day, can the Panthers solve the Vasilevsky problem tonight? Now we're getting somewhere, and it makes me very comfortable because we're talking about goalies. And the thing about Andre Vasilevsky, as we've been sitting around here as a bunch of hockey fans in South Florida saying, Vasilevsky never has a bad game. Never has a bad game. And you want to know why they've won back-to-back -back Stanley Cups? He's played every single minute. Every minute. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm watching warm-up the other night. And again, you're going to watch my Instagram uh, lives, my Instagram story tonight for the warm-ups. Brian Elliott. Like, for a million dollars, could you tell who the backup quarterback or a backup goalie was for Vasilevsky? Because this guy never plays. He's stealing never. money. Brian Elliott, the backup goalie for the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's like Tom Brady's backup. You know, uh, the best so job that's, in sports. That's, that's, that, I know, and that's why I say 
I believe the goalies should be the highest paid players in sports. But of course, nobody agrees with me. Rod, you're an idiot. I'll be long gone and dead. And they'll be saying that guy was a, was a genius. You know, it's tough when yeah. you're in it. So <laughs> well, as do you, you say that, you're yeah, a genius, as you when you say you're a genius, um, it happens to be 111, 1111. So pay attention to what you're thinking about. <laughs> but here's the thing for the in that game tonight. It's not, I mean, Vassy, you got to solve him, sure. But for me, the biggest issue with the Panthers is they got to figure the power play out. And it's not that they haven't controlled the puck or looked really sloppy. They just haven't been able to score. So they got to find a way for that power play to break through because you're not going to win a Stanley Cup if you can't score when you get advantages like that because the good teams make you pay. Look at Tampa. They make you pay on the power play. Well, this guy, Nyan Cat, if I'm saying it right, can you phonetically t- spell out how you'd like us to say it? He's new, but he's got all the great questions. He says, did you like how Don Cherry called out the Leafs brass for not having enough locally born players? Too many Americans and Europeans, he says. Cherry spoke about how Canadians outperform in the playoffs. Well, I didn't see that Cherry said it, but I'm thinking i got to go back and listen to that podcast because he ripped Ron McLean again, and now he's ripped the Leafs for not having enough Canadians. That's exactly what I said about the Winnipeg Jets, which infuriated a lot of Winnipeggers, which I don't care because it's true. I was looking at the Jets lineup last summer going, dang, there's a lot of Americans and Europeans. Not enough Canadians here on this Jets team. But uh, who the hell am I? The thing is, Darren, when you lose or you miss the playoffs, you open yourself up to second guessing. And you'd better have a thick skin. Um, For instance, with the Pittsburgh Penguins going back with Tristan Jerry in Game 7 the other night, I'm thinking, why are you not starting Louis Domingue? He's been playing all series, and granted, the Rangers have the momentum. And Tristan Jerry isn't the reason why they lost, but you, but you did lose. So I think you do open yourself up for criticism there. And, and when you said people were complaining, by the way, about the goal, um, the Flames goal, John Kirby in Edmonton, he's awake and alive. He says, Edmonton and Calgary CFL teams had more days to practice. It's not fair. I've heard that. You probably have too. That the Stamps and Elks have been practicing since Sunday because of Alberta labor laws. And Farhan was reporting, TSN's Farhan Lalji, that these teams were upset, other teams were upset that it's an unfair advantage. Can we please stop as a society? Please. I'm so tired of it. From everywhere, everybody's bitching. I can't. That's not fair, and that's not my job, are two one-way tickets to the, to the bottom real fast. You're not going to win with well, the I'm attitude just... of that. You know, the other teams can't be sitting here one, saying it's not fair. If you're worried about Edmonton and Calgary getting two extra days of practice, heck, if they had two weeks of extra practice, you're sitting there worried about that, you've already lost. Well. Um, by the way, in all fairness to John Kirby, he says, I never said it's not fair. I couldn't discern what you were saying, John, so I ah. tried to guess. But I, but I saw Farhan's report that the other teams are saying that it wasn't fair. And I'm like, guys, 
Guys, guys. So what? They'll have a couple days lead time to prepare for a preseason game? Who cares? Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 they should be celebrating the fact that the strike is over. And listen, I understand where the, I, I get where the coaches are coming from, don't you? But if you're Randy Ambrosi, oh, sure. yeah, I, I get where they're coming from, but I'm like, you're, you're just going on record as launching a complaint because what are they supposed to do? You know, um, it's that competitive advantage, competitive disadvantage. It takes me back to the COVID time where players were getting extra rest and some teams were mad about this and that. Oh, my God. In and, and, and one vein, you think, stop bitching. On the other, guys' jobs are on the line, winning or losing. I, I can totally come get where they're coming from. But if you're Randy Ambrosi, how do you feel that call? What do you say? Be like, look, they didn't, we didn't, they didn't want to practice, but they had to. Legally, they had to practice. So what do you want me to do? You know, tell them now they can practice. Right. Because now you're right. going to tell me they can practice. But those practices were more valuable because they were closer to the game. So now they're going to complain that they got two practices closer to the game and they're going to be more prepared. And now we're at a disadvantage. It's just, it's never ending. Let's both get on the field. We'll bump the game back to Tuesday. So there's no issues. And away we go. You know? Right. Okay. Uh, we talked a little bit about everything there. And thank you again, Darren, for getting us back on track. We'll continue it when we come back. And Lanny McDonald is coming up on the way to talk about the most high-scoring Stanley Cup playoff game in 22 years. And the CFL strike is over. There's a lot on the table today and the Golden Corral of Sports Talk right here. You're watching on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio streaming audio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the old RP Show. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can, you probably can't see me smiling, but I'm gonna tell you why in a minute. Uh, the Rod Peterson Show is live on location next week to kick off the 2022 Centennial Cup, presented by Tim Hortons, hosted by the city of Estevan, Saskatchewan, and the Estevan Bruins. This is a sold-out tournament, and we can't wait to be a part of all the action. Stay tuned for tournament updates and catch the live game streams at HockeyCanada.ca. Triple header kicks it off today. At, if we can bring the moose in, I got the schedule here. Uh, noon Mountain, Pickering, Ontario versus the Red Lake Miners, 12 p.m. Mountain at Affinity Place in Estevan. The Sioux versus Flin Flon at 4, and Brooks versus Longay at 7.30 p.m. Estevan is bumping. We're going to be there. Last night, as I laid my head down to sleep, Moose, I was so excited. I'm telling you, I'm getting, like, anxiety, as I said. <sighs> I had to calm myself down. To get to sleep. That's how excited I am to get to Estevan. See the hockey guys. Have fun. I got the jerseys taken care of that I thought I'd lost. The signed jerseys from Theo. We're good. Theo's good. And he might run for Premier of Alberta. There's another scoop for you today. And another thing for you, Moose. Listen to this. You'll love it. I think a lot of people will. The football fans especially. Um, 
Breaking news today, Texas A&M coach Jimbo Fisher called Nick Saban a narcissist. Thursday, after the Alabama coach accused the Southeastern Conference rival Aggies of using name, image, and likeness deals to land their top-ranked recruiting classes. Why are you laughing so much? Just you like this story? Keep going. Yeah, it's good. Well, I came out of the break smiling about... I was looking at my photos from game one of the Panthers lightning game and the guy that had the yep. sign against the glass about Fat Pat. I didn't yep. even know what it meant at first. I was laughing about that. Now I'm laughing about this. So less than 24 hours after Nick Saban said Texas A&M was essentially buying players, Jimbo Fisher called an impromptu news conference in College Station, Texas today and did not hold back in blasting Saban. And the two worked together at LSU. So Texas A&M had the consensus number one recruiting class last year, and they beat Alabama in the regular season. The Tides class was number two. The Crimson Tide lost to the Aggies in the regular season, but went on to win the Southeastern Conference and play for the national title, as you know. Jimbo Fisher saying today in a 10-minute hastily called news conference, it's despicable that a reputable head coach can come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. It's ridiculous when he's not on top. Jimbo Fisher today on Nick Saban, and he worked for him. So I just, it's hilarious to me. And for people that don't or aren't familiar with the term narcissist, go Google it. Look it up. I don't know Nick Saban from Adam other than I know that he's got a house a few miles from here on the intercoastal in Florida. He was the coach of the Dolphins, winningest coach all-time in college football history. But to think that he's a narcissist, I never thought about it. I'm sure he is. That would not surprise me one bit. What do you think about this development? That wouldn't surprise me either. I, you know what? I love it. I love it. Because it builds the rivalry up too. And you know what? That's, if anybody thinks that the name, image, and likeness uh, deals or the, uh, the rule um, isn't being used to recruit players, it's exactly what it's for. You know, they're using it to recruit deals and get play, players paid. It's just a nice way of putting it out there. We're not technically giving them contracts to play, but you're getting them, uh, you're getting them endorsement deals. It's, of course, they're using that to recruit players. Come to us. We'll get you the most lucrative endorsement deals. Name it, image like this deals. Like every team is doing that now. So, I mean, don't cry because you lost. Just be better. But I, lo I love it too. I just, yeah. I kind of sit here and wonder, I guess because they're the head of the program, they can get away with it. And maybe the assistants can't say something like that. But it's like when I would say things like this, about Bolivar Mitchell or whatever. I never called him a narcissist. I don't even know the guy. But I would be sat down. Rod, you can't say these things anymore. Rod, you, you can't say that. Why? And that's but why I got to be here. Yeah, I got to be here doing this show because I can't, I can't answer to the people that say I can't talk like that anymore. I still think it. But in sports these days, you're not allowed to say these things. Right, but don't think for a second that those coaches aren't getting sat down and said, hey, don't be talking about this. You know, we got to keep our university's image, blah, blah, blah. We can't be going around calling people narcissists. Like, those conversations are happening. They just don't care. They just don't care. 
the universe, the president of the university would have called and he'd have been like, yes, sir. Okay, sir. Thank you, sir. Hang up. Can you believe he called me? Who cares? We're going to keep doing what we do, right? Call another news conference. So they don't really, it's happening everywhere. It's not just uh, around here. Okay. Well, I wonder. Jeff, the Stams fan, is watching and writes in and he says a lot of successful people are narcissists. Sure, that's fine. Sure, I don't want to be friends with Nick Saban. I wouldn't want to be his kid. I cheer for him. That's my team, the Alabama Crimson Tide. I don't care. So, yeah. But it's a lot like you when you just this week, you're like, Rod, I wish you wouldn't say this. And I try not to say, I try not to. So I still have it in me. I just, it pisses me off a little that they can say it and I can't. From, I'm only halfway through this uh, sports update, by the way, but for my cousin Christine watching in Medicine Hat, whose dog's name is Medano, by the way, she says, hey, Rod, what percent of goals do you think are scored off rebounds? I'd have to think about this for a second, but can I get some help from the hockey people? I'm going to say, I'm going to say right off the cuff, 25 to 30% of goals are scored off rebound. And I was thinking about this the other night, watching Vasilevsky live. I'm like, you are never, ever, ever going to beat him on the first shot. You're ne- Most NHL goalies, not named Mike Smith, you shouldn't beat on the first shot. That's just a standard thing in hockey. Shooting the WHL, you shouldn't be able to beat most goalies on the first shot, which, which brings up the rebound goal. Can I get a little help? I got these hockey guys writing me all the time. They say they're watching on Game Plus. So you got my number. DM me, Instagram or Twitter, or right into the chat. They got, there's got to be a stat for that, Darren, somewhere. There, there has to be. Um, and there might be a hockey stats site that would have percentage of rebound goals or number of rebound goals i'm with you my first thought was 30 percent. i thought right around a third you know 33 percent might be the magic number i'm looking at the game last night there was a few scored on rebounds but not not a lot um but that's a rarity you know mike smith letting that one right under his arm and ones that he should have had um early in the game so yeah i think about a third that'd be my guess from Nelson, uh, eh, I'm not sure I believe this, but from Nelson, our VP of Sim Events, and today our fact checker, he says, according to the NHL Media Stats Portal, approximately 75% of goals are scored off rebound. And when I first oh. looked at it, I thought 50%, and then I dropped it to 25 to 30. And, okay. I got to go back and let's look at the highlights from last night. 15 goals scored last night. And you can't just go off one game, but we're 75% of the 15 goals scored last night off rebounds. That'd be what? Again, I like think we need to take goals. Yes, but I think we need to take all goals not on Mike Smith out of the equation. Uh, from Nyan Cat. Says they respect Vazzy so much they're afraid to shoot and give up an odd man rush the other way. Very, I just think you gotta, you gotta get him moving. And by doing that, it is passing the puck back and forth because you're not going to beat him on the first shot. 
So they're saying 75% of goals, yeah. if that's to be believed. I don't know. Do you believe that? I'm not sure. I'm not well, sure I can go along with that. If you say that, you know, most goalies should stop the first shot, then that's basically saying that 75% of the time the goalie stops the first one and lets the second or third one in. So I can, I can believe it. I really can. I mean, you got to look at a lot of the McDavid goals, the Austin Matthews goals. Those are all shots that are going straight in. But for most of the guys who aren't named Dreisaitl or McDavid or Goudreau Matthews, it's a lot of rebounds. So I get it. I thought, I thought you were going to say that most of the McDavid goals were off rebounds, and I was about to jump out of my chair, and then you, <laughs> and then you totally redeemed yourself. Because his first goal last night when he outweighed Markstrom, there's a first shot goal oh, right there. Beautiful. My Dale Mike Lee has sent the first video or photographic evidence of the warm-up from Estevan. <laughs> from my guy, Mike. Look at that high quality. How about that? <laughs> it's HD. Thank you, My Dale Mike. Ward in the peg is writing and uh, watching writes in on the 902 line and he says hi rod and moose did i text you the other day saying the cfl strike would be over by june 1st thank you go bombers ward in the peg oh how heroic of you ward we knew that it would be over if we all said that it's only the 19th what it's only the 19th <laughs> like yes the, how brave uh, the snow will come before january you heard it here first. What a swami. <laughs> um, I got stopped in the middle of the sports update. Uh, I'm going to let you go, Moose. Okay. So we let... Did you hear that? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the back alley here today. Okay. Uh, we'll let you go. We'll see you back here for overtime. And we're going to be bringing uh, Landon McDonald in next, but... There is breaking news on this Thursday. The CFL has rescheduled its opening preseason game. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders were to host the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Monday, but the two teams will now meet on May 31st. The move comes a day after the League and Players Association reached a tentative contract Wednesday night, ending the second strike in league history. The CFL preseason will now open May 27th with the Ottawa Red Blacks hosting the Toronto Argonauts and the Edmonton Elks visiting Winnipeg the following night the Calgary Stampeders are home to the BC Lions while the Hamilton Tiger Cats entertain the Montreal Alouette this sports update for dubnetwork.ca your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis with the best team of writers from across Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest visit today dubnetwork.ca and for Ben Cahoon's G2G protein bars RP Show viewers get 20% off with the promo code RP Show. Order yours now at g2gbars.ca. You got questions, comments for uh, Lanny McDonald, a living legend? Fire Mattis on the 902 text line, 902-518-3033, or load up the chat. The RP Show is brought to you in part by Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. Rockstar specializes in improving your company's performance and bottom line through supply chain management services. That is Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. We'll be right back. You're watching on Game Plus TV. We're live streaming on YouTube daily and 24-hour sports radio streaming at rodpeterson.com. 
Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Game day in South Florida. The Lightning in town to take on the Panthers tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Tampa has a one-game to none lead. By the way, we're brought to you in part by Taco Time. For the love of burritos, it's buy one, get one half off today at Taco Time every Thursday. Everybody's still talking about last night. Matthew Kachuk scored a hat trick for the Calgary Flames in a game one. 9-6 victory over the Edmonton Oilers, the highest scoring Stanley Cup playoff game in over 20 years. Joining us to talk about it, Hockey Hall of Famer, Flames legend, and our good friend, Lanny McDonald. The people want to know, Lanny, if you were able to sleep last night, man. <laughs> How was your night with that uh, wild barn burner? Oh, my gosh. It had a little bit of everything, didn't it? Uh, I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, and to be able to uh, score nine goals for Markstrom not to have his best game and you still win, and Connor McDavid score four points and you still win, I thought there was all kinds of positives. And especially with Kachuk scoring, uh, Coleman, who had worked so hard all through that Dallas series and was kind of snake bitten, and he gets two goals. Uh, Manjapani uh, scores another big goal. So there were so many positives to take out of it, but mostly you got the win. For sure. And I got to ask you this, Lanny. I don't know if you would agree, and I do not want to put a damper on anything, but all the hype, all the buildup. Did you not get a sense the game was over a minute in with the uh, Flames up 2 nothing? Like, did you see a, a noticeable change in the teams right after that? No, you know what? Even when it was 3-1, uh, and I did an interview on, on uh, uh, the game, uh, tele, uh, the telecast, and I said right away, this is going to take 60 minutes, and it may even go to overtime. you got to keep playing hard start to finish and fortunately even when uh they, they tied it up 6-6 six, six, and we came right back and scored uh, early in the third period uh and that was kind of a game changer uh and we got our feet back under us again and markstrom in the third period had to probably come up with three great saves that could have been easily uh a sure goal so yeah, there was lots of positives uh, in the game. We didn't have Tanev uh, in the lineup. And you got the two points, and you got the first win that you needed. And now you work on game number two. Yeah, well, you know what? I got to ask you this. Uh, I know you love Daryl Sutter. Um, they say there's two sides of him. I've only seen one. I'm sure you've seen both. But I did <laughs> love his comment last night where he said after the game, hey, you guys said the first series was too boring, so I told the guys to score more goals. Like, what are we going to see the rest of the way in this series? You know, I think you're going to see a whole lot more games that are in the 4-2, 5-3 range. I don't think you're going to see nine goals. But if you do, I certainly hope it's the Calgary Flames scoring it. But uh, that's tongue-in-cheek. Uh, with Daryl uh, just uh, being Daryl all over again, uh, trying to control the media as best he does. 
A, uh, any take on these other series? Uh, your thoughts just coming out of round one, uh, all the comeback victories. I mean, we always say the round one has been the best. And every, every year it seems to be. Just your overall thoughts on these Stanley Cup playoffs. You know what? Uh, the NHL must be absolutely ecstatic right now after uh, the first round of the playoffs to have uh, five of those eight series go in uh, uh, seven games and the last two go into overtime. Uh, they got to be absolutely uh, like rubbing their hands together. So, so happy with the, with the product. And now you go into round number two. And by the way, that round number one is the hardest round to get out of. And if you go all the way back to 89 uh, and you look when we won the cup, uh, game seven overtime and we find a way to win it. Game seven overtime and the Flames find a way to win it again. Oh, I tell you what, I really... I've enjoyed my time in Calgary, by the way. And it was Tim Hunter, I think, that brought up that you guys winning in the forum were the first road and only team, right, Lanny, to win in the forum yeah. a Stanley Cup. That's something. Well, it really was. And now that the forum no longer exists, we are the only team uh, and for all time. So that, that was so cool. Uh, and, yeah, to... To be able to do that, and uh, we didn't want to go to Game 7, uh, even though you'd be at home, because we knew Patrick Waugh could steal a series all over again, and Mike Vernon played unbelievable and really outplayed uh, Patrick Waugh in that series, and thank goodness we found a way to win in, in six. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, Darren Workman watching in Salt Lake City, Utah. All the comments come out about your mustache, of course. He says, best NHL mustache, Lanny. Best NBA mustache, Walt Fraser. MLB, Raleigh Fingers. NFL, Ben Davidson. Best 80s movies, Burt Reynolds. TV, Tom Selleck. And best current mustache, Sam Elliott. That's some esteemed mustachioed company, Lanny. Well, I, I love them all, but Sam Elliott... <laughs> might be my all-time favorite that slow walking slow talking uh uh dude uh, slash cowboy uh and he plays the perfect part in every movie he's ever in yeah he plays the same role <laughs> whether he's a biker or a cowboy <laughs> or whatever my cousin chris in medicine hat she wants to know if you if lanny can go anywhere ever leave the house without being recognized does it ever happen no, you know what? It's so much fun. Uh, you know, people are hockey fans, and uh, especially when you have a series like this, uh, Battle of Alberta, you, you try and make sure they have a great time. Uh, I was out uh, early this morning uh, grabbing coffee, and and everyone wanted to talk the game last night, and, and that's what you do. Uh, you make new hockey fans all over, and any kids that you run into, you make sure that uh, they're excited, maybe have a picture uh, with you because that's the next generation. Well, it's, it is very exciting. I'm missing Calgary right now because of the positive vibes and how much fun we had there. Um, Andrew Stute, Quebecer, says, I love Lanny, but as a Habs fan, his goal in the final against my Habs broke my heart. <laughs> LOL. 
Bonjour, Lanny. Uh, from Jennifer, she wants to know who you think will start in goal for the Oilers in Game 2. Would you come back with Mike Smith? I think they are definitely coming back with Mike Smith. Uh, uh, Mike is Mike is a competitor. He's a battler. And, yes, we, we were lucky enough to score three quick ones on him in, I think, nine or ten uh, shots. And Koskinen uh, let in six. I think they will definitely, because of the last series against L.A., they'll come back with Smith and we'll try and do it all over again. Should be fun uh, Friday night. Lastly, Lanny, before I let you go, I have to bring up Cinnaboya. I was talking with Curtis Nelson this morning. They're still raving about that wonderful night that we had down there. He said that you went to every single table in the place. Lanny, that was like... 40 tables, man. How'd you find the time and visited with everybody? Uh, that was quite quite a time in Assiniboia, Saskatchewan there a month or so ago. You know what? And you did such a great job uh, in emceeing and, and keeping it light and, and uh, having fun with the people. And to be able to go to a smaller community like that uh, and help uh, raise funds for their uh, community center uh, was so much fun. And and uh, to be able to uh, get around to, uh, I tried to get to every table. Uh, it was a great night all the way around, and hopefully people had as much fun as I did. Oh, they did, and uh, you did hit every table. <laughs> That's what they're saying anyway. Uh, Nelson, one of the viewers, says, Meeting Lanny was one of my highlights of the Heritage Classic weekend here in Regina from one of the viewers. So, uh yeah, it was big fun, Lanny, and I appreciate that. And I was glad that I asked you about your first NHL game story. <laughs> you get the twinkle in your eye when I brought that up. Is that your favorite story? I'm not going to ask you now because we're almost out of time, but that's got to be your favorite story. Oh, I, I have so many favorite stories. And <laughs> I, as you can tell by the smile on my face, I have had a blast from day one to still today and having so much fun cheering on the current team, uh, go Flames, go. Absolutely. Well, Lanny, you are the best. I appreciate it. Good luck uh, the rest of the series with your Flames, and thanks for the time today. Uh, always a pleasure. You take care. Hockey Hall of Famer and the chairman of the Hockey Hall of Fame voting committee, Lanny McDonald. We'll be back with a viewer takeover with the Moose. There's been a lot on the table today. We'll put a bow on all of it. When we return, you're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live. And if you've missed any of the show, you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. Last one, last time. It's overtime and a viewer takeover for Taco Time. They're not tater tots. They're Mexi fries. That's the word from Taco Time today. And overtime brought to you by the Four Seasons Sports Palace. You're home for the Stanley Cup playoffs and the UFC as we bring the Moose, Darren DuPont, back in. And I will get to some of those comments, but I do want to mention this. Darren, the Canadian Elite Basketball League is preparing to enter its fourth season as it becomes the largest pro sports league in Canada to play with 10 teams across the country. All teams begin training camp during the next two weeks as the season tips off Wednesday, 
May 25th. It's interesting. 118 Canadian players are in camps of the 165. That's 71% of all players are Canadian. 58 players are league veterans. That's about a little under half. 63 players have played in U Sports programs previously. So how do you think we can get the CEBL into the public conscience in Canada? Because I think we have to. Yeah, I think it's important. I really do. Um, you know, you got to continue to connect with the fans. You got to continue to just get in front of them, in front of us. And I think once you go to a game, you you realize it's a great experience. So, you know, there's a lot of work left to be done. You got to get your, your boots on the ground and get in front of as many people as possible and continue to just honestly shove it down our throats until we start going to the games. It's going to take time. It's going to take some extra work, but the, the product is definitely there. Yeah, well, like I say, they're going into year four. This isn't a new league. Canadians should know what the Canadian Elite Basketball League is. But you're right, uh, partnerships with the media certainly help. Um, so viewer takeover here from Wayne in Victoria, B.C. He says, I can't wait for the Lightning Panthers game today. It should be a great game. Oh, I think, think it's going to be a fascinating game and um, all kinds of things that I'm looking to forward to for. But I got to tell you, the people on the West Coast, I mean, there's pluses and negatives wherever you live, right? But I got to say, that West Coast, those 4 p.m. starts, what a sports bonanza. They'll be sitting around till 7 p.m. Eastern tonight, waiting for the Lightning and the Panthers. Now, at least there's stuff going on before the game and so forth. But when you're waiting on TV, that's a late start. The Heat game doesn't even start till 8.30 Eastern. 8.30 Eastern, the Miami Heat, Boston Celtics tonight. It's crazy. Uh, Darren, and I think, but it all has to do with television, right? Is it not in 100% of the cases, late times, early it times, to, it all has to do with television? Has to do with television, has to do with ticket sales. I think in most markets for fans, that 7, 8 o'clock is the sweet spot. I think what you want from a business perspective is you want, you know, people to get off work, finish school, all that stuff, have time to go get supper, go out for dinner at one of your partner's restaurants, and then make your way over to the game, to pre-game tailgate, and then the game starts at 7.30 or 8 o'clock, I think that allows for a lot of, you know, a great experience for the user. Game's over, go to bed. You know, I think uh, the 4 o'clock games are great for the country for watching. I don't know how great they are for fans to go to a 4 o'clock game, but um, on the West Coast. But, no, 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 I mean, no, I, mean cool. I mean, I mean, I mean, the game in Sunrise tonight right. will be Is at 4 o'clock there. Wayne's time. Yeah. Which he's very lucky I told you, way. I love that. Yeah, I love that so much when I was out in, in Langley in Vancouver with the Trinity Western, how I could, I could watch two games and then go to a movie at night. It was awesome. Yeah, you like to do that here. I'm an early to better. And uh, yeah, it's, that's why the old people live here. I'm old. Yeah. I'm going to read this comment again because I like it so much. From Terry Livermore. He's in our text community on the 902 line. He writes in and says, Just wanted to say how much I enjoy watching Moose and you, Rod. Down-to-earth Westerners talking about more than just Toronto teams. I love CFL, NHL, and WHL. And you have interesting guests. I live in Calgary, grew up in Winnipeg, and spent many days in Mooseman, my mom's hometown. I wonder if she knows the tippets. I'm sure she does. Terry says, I hope to run into you guys at Gray Eagle sometime. Keep up the great work and keep well. 
Theo was asking me today when we're going to be back in Calgary at Grey Eagle, and I said, it'll be June, Theo, it, well into June. And he's like, he wants to take me golfing. I'm like, <gasps> I said, if you don't mind me hacking it up, I'll go golfing with you. And he goes, oh, no, no. He's like, all you golfers, man. No, no, it's just about the company. And then you're all betting and you got your damn rules and you actually <laughs> want to keep score. Um, Don, our Navy friend, writes in regarding the CEBL. He says, why is there no issue? with the ratio in the CEBL and Canadian Premier League, but people lose their minds over the ratio in the CFL. I think it's a football thing. I think it's a football thing, and that's all. Rule changes, ratio, it's a football thing. Football fans seem very resistant to change. Change my mind. I think it's a people thing and a, and a tradition thing is what I think it is. I think the CBL has never really had a ratio issue or, or a problem. One minute of play. I think it's one minute of play. I think it's how we are traditionally, like how upset do people in Winyard and Milestone get the day that they took away free refills on your coffee at the A&W or at the restaurant, right? It's the same thing. You want to change something we've had for a hundred years. We're not doing it. If a new league came in with no ratio, we got no problem. Hey, that's why I got you here. Common sense. Um, interesting. Wayne says, uh, hey, Rod and Darren, if it wasn't for this show, I would not be as big of an NHL fan since I lost interest since Gretzky retired. Well, that's what influential people do, right, Moose? Absolutely. Okay. Well, we'll have fun at the hockey game tonight. And tomorrow, ball for all. CFL training camps open. We'll see what's happening in the NFL. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. See you, Moose. Noon Eastern here on Later. Game Plus TV. Let's make some noise. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.